Space Croutons! Space Croutons, season 3.14. of the circumference of any circle to the diameter of that circle, regardless of the circle size, this ratio will always equal pi. Aloha, everybody. It's time once again for us to hang ten while we ride the airwaves with another gnarly episode of Space Croutons 3.14. This is Curdy Clamorwood trying to keep things light and frothy along with my boogie board buddy and podcast co-host, Sally. As always, we're podcasting from Van Helsing and thanking you for joining us today. What say you, Sally? I say, shiver me timbers and Sally want a cracker as we at Space Croutons celebrate unofficial International Pirates Day. Unofficial inter... Unofficial International Pirates Day. Um, Sally, is this a real thing? Yes, Cordy. At least it will be soon. I just wanted to get a head start. What do you mean, soon? I will submit this idea that was actually the dying wish of directionally challenged but press-savvy explorer Chris Columbus to the various copyright protection organizations combating online piracy by supporting laws such as SOPA, PIPA and the Santa Maria. And what will celebrating International Pirates Day accomplish? Simple QWERTY. My statistical analysis shows that online pirates raid the ownerships of copyrighted materials because they do not feel heard. Arg. By giving them a date to celebrate their own, yo-ho-ho, they will be teased, pleased and ultimately appeased causing them to end their raids on the binary deep. And you are gonna make this happen, how? It has been more difficult than I anticipated. So to get some traction for the idea, I would like to play, if I may, a Shiver Me Timbers commercial to highlight the need for this legislation. And if I were to say no? I would have no choice but to make you walk the plank. Well, we don't want that, do we? I, I, matey. Go ahead, then. Thank you, Cordy. Vashy Shido's winches off, are you tired of being caught? Scallywags and scurvy stone, a Arr, have you been called? 
the scourge of the world wide web just because you occasionally plunder an internet music video or two? And have you been marooned on a desert island? Cut off from your favorite entertainment USB ports of call just for pillaging the latest blockbuster movie from some multi-billion dollar film studio. Well, batten down ye hatches and roll your skiff to me. Pirate Captain Black Captcha, join me crew and become what you've always been, an international pirate. Under my Jolly Roger, we'll sell the seven CPUs and download our favorite copyright-protected looty booty from the web and never pay for it. That's right. It's a mutiny against those landlubber.coms who think they can charge us whatever they want just because they own the intellectual rights. Aye, on our ship every day will be Cyber Monday. That doesn't make Jeff Bezos rich. So just bury your crypto treasure and X mark the spot. As an international pirate, you'll be singing shanties for the rest of your life. Of course, you'll never be able to show your face on Facebook again. But hey, that's the price for being a web pirate. Oh, did I mention you'll get your own parrot? So don't delay. Become an international pirate today. Thar she blows. Yes, I am your pirate king. Join my crew and you will sing. Shanties of plunder, your favorite sites. It's international pirates. <sighs> what can I say, Sally? You are still full of surprises. And you, Curdy, would be a great Long John Silver if you had some Silver Long Johns. Um, if you say so, Sally. Okay, folks, regardless of Sally's success with establishing an International Pirates Day, it's time for today's story, a missive perfect for the airwaves. And to clarify, in light of the death toll among our previous contributors, we have every reason to believe that our narrator today has the means at his disposal to keep himself safe. So listen along with us to a story called Invisible with Liberty and Justice for All. When I was born, my given name was Jessup Doubt. But people just call me Jess. Not only my friends, everyone. When I put my full name down on job applications or some sort of official form... I'm still just Jess. You're probably thinking, maybe you simply look like a Jess, so that's what they call you. But you'd be wrong. I don't look like a Jess. In fact, I don't look like anyone or anything. You see, and yes, I get the irony. You see, I'm invisible. <sighs> yeah, I recognize that look on your face right now. Who the heck is this guy? Why would I believe he's invisible? Where's the proof? Well, the joke's on you, buddy. I don't need to prove anything to you. But I will tell you that I've watched you take extra napkins and ketchup packets from fast food places. I saw you throw your recyclables in the regular trash and leave your shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot at the grocery store. Oh, and while we're at the grocer's... Just how many peaches do you really need to bruise with your thumb before you decide you're not really going to buy them anyway? Not exactly illegal, but still. 
Sure, I can be petty, but being corpus indispectus, I've seen every single petty act there is. You think no one is watching, but it's you that doesn't see, and that's my advantage. As a kid, being invisible bothered me. Why wouldn't it? No hello hugs or what's up slap on the shoulders. You were pick last for kickball? Cry me a river. Better last than not at all. <sighs> now your face is morphed into the classic, I get it. He's a bitter dork who wishes he was one of the popular kids expression. But wrong again. You see, I got to watch the spawn of the elite and privileged when they thought they were alone. And trust me, popular kids pick their noses and fart just as often as the rest of us. No, I don't need to be popular. I don't need to be noticed for my perfect white teeth or symmetrically pleasing face or fancy suits or anything else for that matter. I see the pressure it puts on you and I see how cruel you can be to others when looks and clothes become important to who you are. But then again, I guess it gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning, so it's not all that bad, right? So you keep on being one of the chosen and I'll keep on being invisible and we'll see who wins. Right now, you're wondering, just how weird is this guy, and what does he want? Not to worry, I'm coming to that. You see, <laughs> I just love that phrase. You see, I'm a private detective, licensed and bonded, of course, and I'm here to offer my services. Think about it. Who better to get you the info about the liars and cheaters in your life than a guy that no one knows is there? Spouses having affairs and business partners with their hand in the till or my bread and butter. Oh, and for an additional fee, I'll let you throw in a thing or two less petty. I'll give you a for instance. Don't worry, I've changed the names to protect the innocent. It was a Thursday, and I was sitting outside on a knee-high window ledge at a regular coffee shop. Not the fancy one with the $12 free trade French press filtered frappuccinos. No, a regular coffee shop. That's its name. I was meeting a potential client. She didn't want to tell me her name yet, she said over the phone. Things had to be on the QT, so I suggested the Java spot, but she preferred a regular coffee shop, and so I agreed. She assured me that I would recognize her by the flower on her lapel, and I did. She walked up in a thin coat of semolina self-rising, <laughs> coughing a bit from the dusty cloud that followed her from around the corner. On the call, I had played along, telling her that I would be the tall drink of water with a fedora, and that's exactly what she found on the little cafe table next to where I sat. She scanned the scene, saw the tall glass of water in my chapeau, then glanced through the window, wondering if I might be inside. <laughs> it wasn't until I placed the fedora on my head and raised the glass in a toast that she realized I was present and accounted for. But she didn't scream like most people do when they suddenly become aware that I'm right in front of them. No, she said. A gentleman stands when a lady arrives. <laughs> Who says I'm a gentleman? It's a sign of respect, and I expect to be respected. Listen, Aretha, my R-S-E-P-C-T is earned. I don't even know who you really are. You'll get it when you deserve it. Now have a seat and let's chew the fat so we can figure out if you need me. She glanced through the window again, then back at my hat. Then she took a deep breath 
and gracefully placed her shapely form down on one of the cafe chairs. Aren't you going to join me? She indicated the empty chair on the other side of the table. Hmm, I find it's better if I don't take up regular sitting real estate. I took off the hat and placed it down next to the glass of water in order to make the most of my unique discretionary attributes. I stay completely naked, as the vision of an empty suit sitting across from you gives people the willies. I can't tell you how many times some random friend of a dinner companion has come along and claimed what they assumed was an empty seat, only to make contact with my other somewhat impressive attributes. So, thank you, but no thanks. A wry smile played on her lips. You are quite impressive, Mr. Doubt. I think you're just the man to help me out. This was a first. Maybe it was the confident sparkle in her eyes or the quirky way she tilted her head to the left as she stroked my hat. Or maybe it was that she called me Mr. Doubt instead of Jess. Regardless, I was smitten bad. I knew I was going to help her with whatever she needed. Fortunately for me, being invisible is perfect for the detecting racket. I don't need a poker face. It's easy to keep my cards close to my chest. Well, except for when I'm actually playing cards. Call me Jess. So, spill the beans. What can I do you for? I chuckled. She pulled out a compact from her purse and proceeded to speak to the mirror. I want you to kill my husband. Uh, that's a pretty tall order. That shouldn't be a problem for a tall drink of water, right? She picked up the glass and took a sip. Last I checked, murder was illegal. Then I guess that would activate your additional fee clause. How do you know I won't go to the police? Well, I can see you're not wearing a wire. So it would be your word against mine, and if seeing is believing, then who do you guess they'll believe is telling the truth? We just met, lady, and I still don't know who you are. Why should I kill your husband? Adultery, theft, cruelty, he chews too loud. Take your pick. She sat back and looked over her shoulder, bored now with the conversation. Think it over, Mr. Doubt. And if you decide to help me, join us at the rooftop party tonight at this address at nine. It's black tie, but in your case, we'll make an exception. She tucked the business card in the hatband of the fedora, shouldered her purse, then stood and walked away in a flowery haze. Under my breath, I whispered, Until tonight then, lady. The address on the card was for Camelot Baking Products, the big flour mill down by the river. Very old money, very high society, a very dangerous game indeed. And the name on the card? Renier Bleming, who I recognize from society pages as the wife of Camelot Baking CEO, Blair Bleming. It would have been easy just to blow off the offer. Even invisible men have scruples, right? Well, let me remind you of all the down and dirty tricks I've had the pleasure of witnessing over the years. When no one thinks you're watching, the most shameful, despicable acts become commonplace. If what I've seen wasn't hidden from the view of everyday people, then you would know what a horrible lot the human race is. I also needed to know if this woman was telling the truth. Was her husband a bad seed? Did she really need a rescuer? And like I said, something about her had hooked me all right. 
So showing up to see what was what made the most sense, even if I didn't go through with it. It was a cool evening in early October, and there was a slight breeze as I arrived at the mill promptly at nine. I took the elevator with the other partygoers to the roof. It was a bit disconcerting when I noticed a thin layer of flower dust in pretty much every nook and cranny. If there weren't so many other people milling about, my bare footprints would have been obvious. A ding signaled our arrival at the rooftop and the doors opened on a couple hundred people having a festive time. Wine, hors d'oeuvres, a string quartet, the works. Thankfully, I'm adept at maneuvering in crowds and I had no trouble keeping out of everyone's way as the laughter and the drinking built upon itself. A banner at one end of the rooftop stretched over a portable stage and read, Blair Bleming, Man of the Year. Renier was decked out in a shimmering blue number, specifically the number nine in shiny teal swooping across the front of her ground and mirrored in the back by the number six. She obviously knew how to dress when it counted. I padded over to her during a rare moment of solitude. So, tell me, Renier, is your plan for the man of the year to take a fall? Easy peasy for someone of your inclination, Jess. In just a few minutes, when he steps on the stage to accept the prestigious award he bought from his cronies, one push from you, and he'll just nosedive to the parking lot, 20 stories below. I can see the headline tomorrow. Man of the Year becomes Man of the Schmear. Thank you for your assistance. I haven't said I would do it. But you will. Mm, I can tell you're judging me again, but life is not so black and white. There are plenty of people out there who decide who lives and who dies. Doctors, lawyers, drug companies, CEOs, politicians. What makes them more qualified to decide than me? They look at the criteria, look at the options for life or death, and make a choice. If they can do it, then so can I. I took my place on one corner of the stage as the master of ceremonies grabbed the attention of the crowd. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Let's welcome the man of the year, Blair Bleming. As Blair Bleming was lauded and then called to the stage, the audience was attentive. There are so many people to thank. As he thanked the appropriate parties, they clapped. And I also want to thank my wife, Renier. Where are you? Come on up here. And when he introduced his wife and asked her to join him at the podium... I made my move, grabbing Renier by the shoulder, and with a shove, caused her to topple twenty stories to the ground. She had a look of surprise in her eyes as she went over the side, but she didn't scream. I guess she's just not a screamer. The crowd gasped, and several people, including Blair Bleming, rushed to the edge of the roof, and their grimaces had all... An accident, an unlucky moment, a tragedy. I can just see the headlines tomorrow. Camelot baking CEO wife loses her balance, loses her life. So now you're wondering why I did what I did. Well, just like the doctors, lawyers, and politicians, I have my own criteria for deciding who deserves to die. And at the top of this invisible man's list, those who want to end the lives of others. So what's the moral here? Easy peasy. Don't mess with what you can't see. See you around. Well, Curdy, that really puts things in perspective, doesn't it? How so, Sally? Well, 
Internet piracy seems to pale in comparison to murder. Shall I put Renier Fleming on our list of those dying to be on our show? I think we should refer to our situation with a little more respect for the deceased, Sally. But no, I don't think her death fits the M.O. of what's happening to our respondents. We don't want to make this out to be even worse than it is. It's like my dad used to say. You can't make a mountain out of a molehill. It takes a heck of a lot more dirt than that. So put down the shovel, it's getting deep in here. Okay, audience, that's our episode. Think on it, and if you have comments or questions, feel free to leave them on our website, spacecroutons.com, or call us, as we always want to hear from you. If you've got a story to share, well, send it in, as Vera's ready to pass it on to us. And as we head off into today's sunset, remember to stay safe and keep peace in your heart until our next story time. If you want to join in, invite my captain have some hints. Tell your friends and neighbors, we'll be adding capers to the space group on season 3.14. Let's go! Space is a work of original fiction. Similarities to persons, situations, or events, real or fictional, is coincidental and unintentional. Created and written by Jerry, Jace, John, Della, and Jeff Goodson. Episode story by Jeff. Original music by Della, Jeff, John, and Jerry. Production by Jerry and Jeff. Featuring the voice talents of Barry Shea, Jerry, Jeff, and Sally. Entire work copyright 2022 by Jeff, John, Jerry, Della, and Jace Goodson. This has been a Good Witch Audio Production. <laughs>